This is MC Fireside Chats, a weekly show devoted to the outdoor hospitality industry, hosted by Brian Searle and Kara Sismadia. You'll hear from special guests that focus on topics to help your business succeed, all backed by Modern Campground, the most innovative news source in the industry. This is MC Fireside Chat, a weekly show featuring conversations with thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and outdoor hospitality experts who share their insights to help your business succeed. Hosted by Brian Searle, the founder and CEO of Insider Perks, and powered by insights from Modern Campground, the most innovative news source in the industry. Welcome everybody to another episode of MC Fireside Chat. Hopefully that intro kind of came across good. I don't know. I threw it together in 30 minutes. We'll see if we can edit it maybe and clean it up a little bit, but looked all right. It's fine. We're good. Touched it up a little bit. We had to get rid of Kira, unfortunately, even though we didn't want to, but she's busy doing 10,000 other things. So appreciate all you guys being here for our first monthly episode. As always, we are focused on our recurring guests here. We got Casey Cochran here from Camp Spot, Mike Harrison from Sierra Hospitality, Christine Taylor from the town law firm, and Sandy is going to join us, Sandy Ellison, in a few minutes too. Maybe Mark. I don't know. I don't think he's supposed to be here, but we'll see if he decides to show up this week. He's a busy guy too. So what do we have? What's going on here, guys? I think we want to lead some insights and discussion talk today. Is that accurate? Or... Sure. Yeah. You nod or we take it away. Feel free if you want. I, I'm sure Casey doesn't necessarily want to promote his own product, but I'll do it for him. My camera's all wonky there. Sorry about that. But uh, yeah, CamSpot, you guys rolled out those new signal reports this week. I think they're excellent. And for those who are familiar with them. In the hospitality industry, hotels have what's called the Star Report, which is a competitive index report that ranks you against your competitors. So you understand how you performed in the market and occupancy and ADR and revenue per available site. If you think you're doing really well, it'll tell you maybe you aren't. If you think you're doing really lousy, it'll tell you if you really are, if you really aren't ish. It depends on who in your market has camp spots, how big the market is, et cetera. But I don't know, Casey, if you want to expound yeah. upon that, I think it's amazing. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Now, we're super excited for this. It's something we've been testing for quite a while, running it against revenue management, other tools and people in terms of that sort of as far as where kind of the numbers that they were getting running manually and, and seeing if we could create an algorithm that got fairly or really close to those numbers and we think we're there. So obviously it takes getting to some sort of mass scale to have enough data, enough accuracy within that, but it's something that we're super excited about. Again, hopefully just to keep the industry progressing and moving forward. So it's anonymized data, but it's provided for our customers to, again, Mike explained it extremely well. It's to give insights on where they are compared to other similar parks, not necessarily just in location, 
but with parks with similar amenities and similar size and similar climates. And so we took, I don't know, I think 13 to 15 different factors with a minimum, I think of five to seven that need to come into, into play. So we have a really good sample size of some good comparisons. And like I said, it's data where you're not going to understand which park or specifics of there, but more so generalized data that the hotel space has been fortunate to use for some time because there's your big main players in that space, right? And so a few of the players agree to do that. You have 80% of the industry agreeing to anonymizing that data and allowing you to use it <clears throat> for insights and trends and things of that sort. Camping space obviously is the complete opposite, right? You have maybe 10 to 15 and maybe 20% of the industry and in, in parks owned by maybe enterprise and it's such a segregated market that we're just, we're fortunate to work with what we think is enough parks to hopefully bring some insights to the space and selfishly give our parks what we think is a competitive advantage of some insights and some data. But so let's back up for a second to talk about this. For those of you who don't know what a star report is, why it benefits hotels, start with why. Yeah, I'm going to let Mike, that's his space. This is his world. So I, this is his. Yep. And Brian, I think I, I mentioned to, this, to you on, we first started talking several years ago and anybody who would listen when I came from the hospitality industry, I'm like, there's no metrics. There's no analytics competitively to understand how your property is performing. And I have always said, whoever comes up with this first, I think will, will be an industry leading company because what Michael and Casey and the team over there are doing at camp spot and how it'll evolve from here. I, I think it will be truly industry changing. And so a star report, in essence, what it is in the hospitality industry is different than what Casey's describing today. It's a subscription-based, you choose to participate, but if you don't, then you don't have all the information that every single one of your other competitors do. Basically, 95% of hotels will participate in the star report, and it takes your performance on a daily, weekly, and monthly, and annual basis. And it compares, if you look at a pie and you have four properties, everybody should have 25% of your pie. And your index would be a hundred percent of you're getting 25% of that pie, then your index is one or a hundred. If you're getting 26% of your pie, then your index is 101. Ooh, you're doing better. You're getting more of your fair share than your competitors are. And, and then it compares it to last year. So you understand, am I, maybe I'm ranked four of six in occupancy. I'm one of six in pain, meaning I've grown the most compared to my frog setter. Maybe I'm one of six in occupancy. When I'm six of six and change, people are catching more money. And really it helps to understand, is your part full enough? Are you charging enough? Are you charging too much? And from a segmentation standpoint, diesel is a transient. What's your mix? How much revenue are you generating, et cetera? So what the camp spot team has done is, and in case I don't want to speak for you guys, since it isn't subscription-based yet, all of your data is anonymous. So I don't know who my comp set is because we all haven't opted in, so to speak. But... GameSpot has 1,500 properties or so that are, have data that they can amalgamate and basically properties of similar size, similar distance, similar market, I'll be able to understand how my property is performing, right? For example, I saw a post on one of the Facebook campground owners forums this morning in Texas and saying, oh, is everybody's occupancy down? Because some of these other Southern markets like Florida, Texas, they haven't seen some of the occupancy signs that secondary markets have seen. And this is the first glimmer they're getting of, and there's a long discussion about that on the thread. And what this does, it helps you understand, am I seeing what everybody else is seeing or is it an anomaly? And for example, we have a property that just opened that's ramping and we're not happy with our ramp 
people were driving excellence towards goals. But as we look at the market, ironically, even though we're not achieving our ramp goals, we're second of six in terms of revenue per available site, which tells us, boy, we're doing the right things. Especially in marketing. Exactly. We have an amazing marketing partner <laughs> to, you know, our two to one ROI and one particular wow. is incredible. It, it gives us an indication. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we think we suck, but maybe we don't suck as much. So to speak, but you're doing the right things. Or if you're sitting proud and you think you're doing great and you can see people creeping up to you from an ADR standpoint. So anyhow, CampSpot now has five or six different types of analytics reports that helps you make revenue decisions to drive and understand your revenue. And it breaks it down into RV sites and lodging. For example, we were also having a long discussion. And if I'm flattering here, just stop me and interrupt. Oh, I, I can go on forever on this stuff, but I mean, there's a couple of things I want to talk about in deep dive, but continue yeah. for now. Yeah. So we were talking about cabins or park models and understanding what's our demand factor for park models. And every market is different and every time of year is different and every special event is different. And what we have clearly seen already at one of our opening properties is that we didn't buy enough. We didn't think we bought enough to begin with. We thought there was going to be good demand, but we bought them. Of course, the MH industry was on fire and the prices were out world for the park models. We'll cut down a few of them, but our reports are now showing us that clearly not only are we underpriced in the lodging, which I believe we've been, and that says we are, but there's clearly, you know, I now have a business case that I can go to our partners and say, hey, there's more demand in the market. We're already tapped out in occupancy. You've got revenue and rate in occupancy opportunity. No greater from an IR standpoint to buy another four to six park model cabins. Here's our business case. And so those are some of the things that these reports can help you determine. And I think it's, again, I think it's a game changer for the industry. All right. So let's first, I want to unpack the local aspect of it, right? Because obviously it's, I mean, I've never been inside a star report to be fair, right? I've never, we do work for a couple of hotels, but not, it's not a huge part of what I do. So talking about the local aspect, I understand the benefit of basically what you're saying is that all the Har Harriet's, Marriott's, Hilton's, et cetera, IHG's in an area would opt in, but anonymously. So you'd be able to see your ranking against 20 or 30 hotels within a given metro area, if it was a large metro area and see how you're performing against them in various metrics, but you wouldn't know that it was necessarily the hotel next door to you or the one down the street or the one across that's, the city. That's where it's different. With the star report, you do choose. You say, hey, I compete with this hotel for group business. I compete with this hotel for transient. This one's for weddings. So I might, you can select your comp set. They have parameters and criteria so that you can't single out one property's performance over another. Okay. You have to have a minimum size of comp set. But no, with the star report, you can absolutely independently select who you want to measure yourself against, you know, how you're doing against your friend down the street. That's the one thing with CampSpot is you have to understand your market data isn't complete. It's only with CampSpot properties. So somebody who's on new book and maybe your number one editor, that information that might not, isn't going to be in this report. But you just have to take what it says with a grain of salt as it's in baby phase right now, while it evolves into something else a year from now or so. Yeah, so for us, we started, we, we had to get you an idea of what do we think is enough data. We're right now, we're at about maybe 2,400 or so parks that, that are live and active and, and able to pull information from. And the number of parks that are in North America, I feel is like this magical number, right? If it's, is it 10,000 and is it 28,000, just depending on where you're at. But in terms of like private campgrounds that are 
mostly a lot of them are RV focused. Some of them are lodging focused. We feel from like a, a data set that, that there's enough, enough information there. Again, Mike said it perfectly, right? Like it doesn't necessarily have to be the end all be all truth, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. One more piece and, of the puzzle. What's that? One more piece of the puzzle. One more piece. Yeah. And that's the goal, right? The goal is to we want parks to be able to make educated decisions on their growth and what they do, where they spend their funds and where they're at. And this is one of those things that got to have a certain amount of scale in order to do. And we felt we were in a good enough spot to, to be able to launch this with enough accuracy to provide some good insights. So how do I, I think, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Brian. Well, I, was I, was gonna, gonna, I think that you first. How do people opt into this or are they opted in by default and do they opt out? Yeah. So as it sits, the data is completely anonymized, right? So there's no park information whatsoever. So it's simply they wouldn't, there's not necessarily, we haven't had any parks that say, I don't, I don't want, because like I said, it's not tied to a park name and it's tied to a minimum, I think of six different factors, none of them, which are a specific park information and we're doing that intentionally right it's not supposed sure. to be me versus them because really anyone can go and search a park's website and they can get get some of this information they can see our map what's available they can see pricing but it's just manual right it just takes a lot of time so in this case it's just anonymizing that putting parks that are similar in size and amenity availability seasonal versus or transient versus long term and putting enough of those factors, like I said, a minimum, I think of six and up to 15 different factors that we can pull in and provide insights for once okay. and only so. So how tight can you get geographically? But it's going to be comparative to your park, right? So this isn't a thing where you're picking and choosing anywhere in the company or in the country. It's not by state. It's not like by Arizona. Yeah. It's going to be wherever your park is located and it's going to pull those factors, which doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the three closest parks to you because there, there's differences in those parks. You know, the it's parks closest that, similar parks to you. Mike's property your... at Verde, I'm not saying what, I mean, there are, there are some parks like his, but there wasn't any parks like his right there. So it's not necessarily, it wouldn't be the best exact comparison there necessarily to the ones if it's one's completely seasonal, one's all transient, or one has a beautiful pool and hot tubs and private bathroom showers and things like that. that's going to be different than a rustic campground. It's just not the same comparison to two parks like that. As we continue to grow, the data will just get more and more, I think, I wouldn't say relevant because it's relevant. We're to a point now where we've tested this extensively to make sure that the data that we're providing was in line with what was being created manually. It is. Again, we add, I don't know, anywhere from 40 to maybe 100 parks a month or so. And so as those continue to add in there, it'll just be more and more information. And where I hope it goes, and I certainly don't direct camp spot, but where I hope it goes is that eventually this evolves to a subscription to the service. So clearly camp spot wants to keep it proprietary. So move on to our platform in order to get it right. But that's, they, they don't have all market share. So maybe it's a subscription-based service a year or two down the road from now, you can maybe submit your metrics so that you can get more of a truer market. There's going to be value in the data. Camp spot will be an industry leader in that regard. So that's where I hope it goes so that you can have contribution from total market value. Cause that's when your information is really, truly valuable. I, like as Casey mentioned, I look at it with a grain of salt. It's an indicator. Yeah. It isn't the answer. Well, so in comp sets are always important from a, from even for me, from a marketing analysis standpoint, we've run some of these competitive analyses for you, Mike, 
but just figuring out who your competitors are in the area, who they really are, not necessarily just again, like Casey said, the campground next door, but who they are, what they're doing, what their website looks like, what their marketing efforts are, the advertising. We just ran run for a park in Texas earlier today. Who was thinking about acquiring a park in Texas for a second one that's in the same market. And what are they doing for advertising? What is their upside? Those kinds of things. So that all that data is valuable and fits into the puzzle, I think for sure. I don't know. I don't know. That seems like a really steep uphill climb for the individual property owners to buy in at scale to a subscription service where they're sharing all that stuff. I have hope and I feel like the bigger players might. Copy and paste what you just said for AI and camping, right? It seems like a bigger ask. So, So it's the same concept. It's exactly the same concept, right? It's no different than trying to sell chatbot or AI. It is... Do you want to evolve your business and understand your business and offer something that's different than everybody else's or that's something that gives you a competitive edge and competitive advantage? There's a business case for Campy, clearly, right? We've seen it in ROI. And to me, there's a business case like for sure. So I don't think it's going to be hard for the buy-in. I think people are going to want it. It needs to be more publicized so that people, even within CampSpot, I think, 90% 90% of the users probably don't understand what it means right now. It's a new tool for the industry. So education has to happen for the hotel business. And I see it for the RV industry, especially as the buyers become more institutional. This will be when you go to market, the first thing everybody always tells in a hotel, what's your star report? The first thing, right? They ask to see your NOI, of course, but they say, what's your market performance? And this will be something like that where every park owner, whether it's a small guy who wants to find out the right cap rate, they could say, hey, I'm one of six in my market, right? I'm going to continue to leave. We've got opportunity in right. It is a tool that helps you both deliver revenue in the top, but it will drive NOI. Sure. And so I'm not, saying it's, I'm not saying it's an impossible sell. I'm just saying I, my, my point was, is it's a steeper climb to give away yeah. all your financial data than it is to implement an AI chatbot in your example that you used. I it's don't know. Yeah. Go ahead, Sandy. I was going to say, I don't think it's that steep a climb. And I think we're in a place with technology where we can finally do this for the first time for a reasonable amount of money. All of you can gang up on me. I'll just go away. I think the issue becomes that, again, we've got multiple property management softwares and each of those property management softwares really have key features that work for specific type parts. All of this stuff and all these recordings, they're not new to the hospitality industry. The hotels have been doing it for years. And so big companies like some properties and KOA, they've been looking at these reports for years, maybe not as efficiently as what Casey's providing now, but they've been looking at them. It's the single mom and pops that have not been doing that. And now because so many of those are being bought up by people who are in the hotel industry or have had more exposure to technology, it's an expectation that's pushing this. But that's why I've been such a proponent of somebody who is a, a an OTA in the industry that is aggregating this stuff that's already integrating to all the different property management software, because then it is everything. Everybody is there that all that data is in one place where it could be analyzed, regardless of whether it's CampSpot or NewBook or whoever it happens to be where that data is coming from. It's why I'm constantly telling Casey, please join the OTA movement outside of your ecosystem. Because again, that data is so important and it's not just important to campground. It's also important to the rest of the industry because within that data is so many other jewels. 
that yeah. can be used in other ways to help us improve the industry as a whole. So I think it's really, it's not, if there's no effort on the parts part, if you are able to give them the assurance that this is agnostic, that their data is never, nobody can figure out who they are. All it's going to give them is benefits. And then you've got the economy of scale so that no one person has the corner on this data. There's a big economy of scale. Then you can actually, it can make it affordable. And I think the way to make it affordable is really to make this data available to people other than campgrounds as well. Again, agnostically. Yeah. Just to your point there on the OTA aspect of things, we are connected to the major lodging OTAs. We haven't yeah. made a decision to not. I think the other campground specific ones, we're also open to integrating with other PMSs. It's been their right. desire to not integrate with our marketplace. And we certainly would say, hey, if you have, if you're using a different software that works for your business, but you want to take advantage of the marketplace and see some of those results. We're 100% we're open to that. It's the other way around that where they, they aren't. Really I, think the, I think the more interesting question for me is let's say we could dive down the rabbit hole of OTAs, right? But I feel like that's probably not where we want to steer the discussion if we want to keep it on data. Although it is a good point, Sandy. I'm not saying it's not. But no, I think we, that, Sandy and I can gang up on Casey if you felt that you were ganging up on. We can gang up on Campus yeah, and open up their API. Well, I'll let you do that. I'll let you do that if you want, but hear me out first for a second, because I think data is like Sandy explained, data is important, but I think that there's also that I'm going through a third party now. What is that third party doing with all the data they're aggregating, whether that's or book outdoors or whoever, I'm not picking on anybody. And that's the thing. You've got to be careful who you partner with, because just like any other industry, there are people who are reputable and there are people who not, who are not. It's very key to find the right people, but I've already done a similar thing like this in the pharmaceutical industry back in my consulting days where all the different pharmaceutical competitors wanted to know the results and the information about different drugs that were being pushed out by the doctors. And everybody said, they'll never share the data and we'll never get the right information. And guess what? Yes, we did. There is a way of doing it with a third party person that controls the data center who is the one that has the keys to the kingdom. And so nobody's data can be compromised. Yeah. So yes, there are ways of doing it. Just for us internally, what we're talking about data, something that CamSpot's had to overcome, I think, for, for at least since I've been there for five years, is this idea around data. Who gets our data? Are you sharing it? Everyone gets the data. And obviously since day one with every legal agreement we've ever had gone out, says that each park data is 100% theirs and theirs alone. And we went to the point of, and we released this, I think the timing is very relevant here of us getting our SOC 2 type 2 compliance done and passed first so that there's legal ramifications to every park that is on our system, that their data is secured to the highest level of a SaaS company can go through. And that auditing process was, it was awful. It is awful. It's an ongoing thing. It's rigorous. It's, it was extremely expensive. It was extremely time consuming. We had a team of people basically going through this, but it's to progress. It's to progress to something like signals. Everyone has to understand that their data is 100% theirs and theirs alone, and it is secure. And that's the right stepping stone to do that part first and then release something like this, as opposed to the other way around and saying, oh no, it'll get secure. It'll get there. Everyone can know 100% certainty that that data is secure. And it was, it was planned that way, obviously, but it's, a, it's not a fun process to go through that SOC 2 compliance. It's brutal. Yeah. I, I used to be the one doing those audits. 
I'm sock certified to do an audit from okay. years ago, not now. Are you trying to You're get right. it? You're right. Like you're after Casey, Sammy, or? Do what? Are you trying to hint at something like you're coming after Casey, or? Oh, no. I, hey, listen. I'm going to Casey only because I love Casey. I want to ask Christine here for a second, and Christine, put you on the spot. So if you don't know the answer to this question, I don't want to talk about it, right? Because I know it's not your normal area of practice, or I don't think it is anyway. But specifically with data and stuff like that, how does a park approach this when they're dealing with any software system, whether it's a reservation system or a marketing provider like me or whatever? How do you approach that from a, I want an agreement in place. I want to be able to read it, understand it, to know that my data is safe. Yeah, I mean, I think that's actually, if you're using something that is collecting your customer data, I think that's when you have to care a little more, right? Obviously, I want my own personal data safe, but my liability extends mostly to my customer. So I want to be able to say that, hey, I took your credit card information or something like that, and the program that I put in it, because we heard of all of that. I'm going to be honest, two weeks ago, I had to cancel a credit card and start again. I was one of those people caught in another but People want, your customer wants that kind of information. So if it's software or a company that you're using that's going to have your customer's data, I think you have a responsibility to your customer to ensure that data is protected. Regarding your own data, I think it's a good conversation to have. Different kinds of data. Obviously, people like to safeguard their client lists and stuff like that. Sure. But if my client list got like, I feel a lot different than if my financial got or things like that. So depending on the vendor you're working with, the standards that you might want them to be held soon could be a little bit different. But as I said, like back feels like forever ago. In 2019, even about the ADA website lawsuit, it's a conversation to have. And if your vendor looks at you like a deer caught in the headlights and like they have no idea what you're talking about, that's a big red flag. And if they have any kind of answer, that's better because it happens all the time. I tell that even with people with website developers, they ask me about this. I was like, well, I have a conversation. And if they have no idea what you're talking about, that's probably not the vendor for you. And you can- oh assured that they haven't done anything because they don't even know what you're talking about or if it's not written into the contract christine it should be in the contract oh i absolutely agree these things should 100 percent be in a contract i have had some people i've had the reverse too you should look just because it's in the contract doesn't mean it's pro you i've had some contracts where the people the vendor disclaims the liability from anything you might be signing a contract honestly we do that like we yeah. do that for ADA in our agreements because there's just like previous no way to right. There's no way to know, but there's also no specific law that says here's a checklist of the six things yeah. you must do to be ADA compliant on your website. So if I don't disclaim liability, that's pretty they crazy. Absolutely people, would right? come after you. The other thing that's very amusing to me about all of that kind of stuff is it's very clear in a lot of laws, state and federal is different. And just because I hire somebody to do something doesn't mean I get to shirk liability. I get to share it, maybe, but I don't get to shirk. So just because I said, oh, Brian built me a website doesn't mean it's Brian's responsibility alone. Or just because I said, I can't spot fully, they protected my client, custom credit cards and stuff when I use the software for that. I don't get to say, well, for ignorance, I'd still be brought into the lawsuit. I don't get to pass all that buck on to somebody yeah, else. You're sure. And so it's balanced, right? It's nuanced. Like the, I put that right. into my contract, not because I want to avoid blame, but because I need to legally protect myself. And so then again, if anybody asks me that question, yes, I've thought about ADA and here it's written into my contract and this is what we do and how we treat your website and 
How right. are we going to try to protect you? And we think that this, this is the best. Right. So, people need to know what they're signing, I guess, is what I would say. If you want to know, listen, there may be somewhat, there are people who don't even address the stuff in their contract and poo-poo to both of them. That doesn't form a really good or trusting relationship. But to be honest, I, I don't like to really pages of contracts for things that I'm doing. I forgot what I signed. Oh, my child's starting a new daycare and I had a 40-page handbook I had to read and sign for a daycare. And I was like, I do this for a living and I still hate this. I completely understand why people might want to boot over, but I think that it's a good first step to have this conversation. And frankly, when you're shopping thing to have that assurance of the person you are thinking of going with knows what you're talking about. There's a lot better to hear Casey talk about all the things they did to safeguard things than to hear some other people might not have any idea what he's even talking about. So I think it's a good thing to start with and know that the people you're relying on actually know what they're talking about. So Casey and Mike, I have a question for you guys because I am still a little bit skeptical. A lot of these reports and things that we're talking about that are coming out now and being embraced for the RV industry really come out of the hotel industry. And I think sometimes they make sense for the cabins and things like that. But there's a lot of times where I feel like there's a nuance for the RV sites where some of the metrics that are being used by the hotel industry don't really translate over into the RV side of what we're doing. So has there been instances of some of what you guys are doing where you found that to be true or do you think it's just an easy transition? I'll let Mike go. Sure. And I'll give you my opinion. Yeah. I went through all, I think there's six. Is there six signal reports, Casey? Yeah, right now. Yeah, I went through all six of them and they all tell you something a little bit different and I'm not going to look at them all the time. What I have traced out for every 90 days, et cetera, et cetera. And with Marriott, they have a data warehouse. They right. probably have a hundred reports. I'm not exaggerating. And you've got to figure out what, what works for you. So I don't think it has anything to do with what will translate and what won't. I think it will be what you're going to pull out. So for example, one of the helpful reports that I really liked is the revenue per available site. Oh, because that's, we measure our labor on a revenue per occupied site. We measure some of our revenue in-house and a revenue per available site. And so the language that we're already speaking now, we can get translated. And I hate to compare it to the hotel industry, but you also, especially for full service hotels, you, you, there was a component of the Star Report where you could understand your food and beverage contribution. So was your, was your meeting house, were you in line with the market, your pricing and your maximization of your space? I think this is no different. It just helps you understand, are you doing an effective job at driving revenue, filling your spots, right rate at the right time? They're all revenue management tools, regardless if it's hospitality or not. So you're going to pick what resonates with you or what's important to your business. I just like that it was like a, an information vomit. I'm a nerd and I'll clean it all up. I love it. And not everybody does, but smaller parks or ones that aren't quite as focused, there's helpful information in all of those for you to understand. I do think there needs to be a very concerted effort on camp spots for part to educate. I saw the original rollout email was great. I didn't even get it. It came from Matt. I think that needs to go out. I think there should be a whole bunch of webinars. I think we can guys... address why you didn't get the email for a second. I think we should spend the next 10 minutes on that. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> I have no Mike, Mike at Mike at AOL.net. We had some reason it didn't go through. I don't know why, but I don't know what happened. There. Do you know I was one of the first AOL addresses ever? 
and it was like uh, mikeyaol.com. So. Somehow I didn't know that, but somehow that came yeah. to my brain. So I don't know, somehow yeah. a line in there. Now to your question, Sandy, Mike comes from that space. I don't come from the hotel space at all. And I've been, if anything, speaking exhaustively for five years on telling people why campground specific software is so much more relevant than a hotel-based software, like to the point where that's, that was my main mission is separating two because there are so many differences, yeah. because there are so many nuances and things that are quite relevant in the camping space that aren't relevant and vice versa. So I 100% agree with you that there, it's not just this exact parallel and things aren't all the same. And you do see a lot of the revenue managers coming into this space. A lot of the people at the larger corporations, they're coming from the hotel space and there's a lot of expectations, but, and I think Mike has embraced this maybe as well as anybody, there is also a small learning curve, right? There is some differences within there. And those are significant. And the sooner you recognize or accept that there's clear differences and know what those are, then you can be as educated like Mike is speaking of and know the things to pull out that are super relevant for the camping space. They may align a little bit with the hotel space, but there's clear differences and understanding those is absolutely relevant. And that's, like I said, I think for us, this is, this is focused. So many people talk about lodging units and things of that sort with, even when we're talking with OTAs and we're sitting there going, Hey guys. 84% of the in, of the inventory on these 200,000 sites is RV sites, right? And so there's this huge uproar of how do you get your things on Airbnb? And we're going, yeah, we're getting there, but we're also wanting to take care of 91% of your revenue, right? So where's that? What are we doing to embrace that as opposed to the one new cabin that you just got and you want all, and all your attentions on this one cabin and you're going, wait a minute, you have 182 RV sites and 60% of them are full at certain times of the week. Let's address that. But yeah, no, I agree with you. Mike's spot on with all of this. There's parallels, but there's definitely differences as well. So yeah. here's what, go ahead, Sandy, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it was kind of interesting because this past week on the animator call, the conversation came up with so many parts looking for different revenue avenues, ancillary income, whether it's food and beverage, point of sale or all different things like that. The conversation came up, was it easier to take a hotel software and then adapt it for the RV industry? Or was it easier to take an RV software from a property management standpoint and just bolt on the recording? Because that's what everybody seemed to want was the recording piece of it. And I think I was the only one that was saying, I think we have to start with the RV software and then bolt on the recording because so many of the people were more familiar with the hotel industry, but didn't really understand the intricacies of the RV industry. And I, so I just feel like we have to start with that. That's my opinion. So I, that's why this, all these different reports that I see coming out and the use of them, I'm, it, it, I'm really passionate about making sure that they come out, that they're relevant to the RV industry, that we educate people on how to use them because we can make data say anything we want it to. But if you, if that person doesn't understand what the report's supposed to produce, they don't know how to see the anomalies. So yeah. I'm all about the star reports. I'm excited about it. I love what you're doing. But like I said, I'm still trying to be cautious just from that education side of it. Yeah, it's, you make a good point. Mike brought it up earlier, the adoption aspect of it. It's something that we, we talk about weekly, right? You roll out something, even like our analytics tool, which is you can customize any report, put it in a dashboard and you have it like this should be music to every park's ear because they've always been saying 
hey, I just want it a little bit different. I want this report. I just want to see just this. I don't care about this and this. I want to only see this. So they're like, okay, let's allow every park to customize any report they want and create it. And then they can look at it in the visual dashboard or they can print it off. I'm speaking for maybe a little bit too transparent. I would say out of the 2,400 parks, I bet you less than 800 of them are actually using any of the analytics. Well, and I think the challenge is going to be, there's going to be a break. I remember when the analytics first rolled out and you're like, how many master seats do you want? Or we're like, we don't have enough time to be, and we're pretty sophisticated. We don't have enough time to be creating all our own reports and modifying the, et cetera, et cetera. So imagine Bob and Pop Park of 75 sites here already. There's no way they're customizing. They're not even looking at this. Not, so there's, not looking at Google Analytics either. Yeah. There's gotta be some better way to push the reports, standard yeah, reports. So they're, so out of camp spot analytics, so that there doesn't have to be the, I go get them yeah. aspect or the modifiable aspect and same thing with these signal reports and how, what are the right ones and how many, and that will help with the education. Cause no majority of those parts are going to go in and play with it. It's, it's scared, right? It is. Time, et cetera. Well, I, yeah. and I don't think this is a camp spot problem to be clear. It, 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 given that they're launching a product, right? It indirectly is, but I don't think it's unique sure. to them is what I'm trying to say. So coming from an outsider perspective, not having any, I don't look at these star reports. I don't know campground. I don't look at this kind of metric, right? What I'm hearing, like I'm been based on my knowledge of the industry and the hotel industry in a limited fashion is that one you've got people who are coming from the hotel industry who are coming into the campground industry and want to see all this data, but don't understand how it translates, if it translates, whether it's important, whether it's not important and how important. And then you've got the people who are the mom and pop people who don't have the time to analyze it. And then you've got the people who are maybe the bigger properties or some mom and pops who don't have the tools before signals and even in other instances to analyze it. So then it becomes a question of there's, there's so much different things we can unpack here. You're never going to get anybody to agree on two parks want the exact same report at the exact same time. And a lot of stuff that we, you recognize over time, there are some, so we put some canned stuff in analytics and our goal is just that they look at it, right? Cause it's just their park. It's Indeed. just information. And you put it in things that they should be every park in some capacity should be looking at, right? You should be looking at, I'm just pulling this up here. Like your park review, your net reservations book by source, yeah. by category, or your year. Right. Or your we know there. that, right? Yeah. Like, like we know that, but they need convinced of that in a format they can digest. It's the same problem we have with marketing reports, right? We can send you any data you want. What data do you want? I don't know. Send me whatever you think is important. Maybe you won't understand that or like it that way. Like we have Google ads clients, for example, who will look at, I only want to see conversions from actual dollars that were booked to reservations, period. But that's not a holistic picture of everybody who's getting driving directions to your park and clicking through to your website and calling from an ad. And so yeah. we present it how we think it should be, but that's not always the same way that resonates with that individual person. So then we adjust. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, hotel think, business, the hotel business went through the same. I started in the hotel business in the early environments. And when did you say, you I'm know, sorry, you say, did you say 70s? Is that what you said? I don't. It wasn't quite the 70s, but early nineties. And it was just when technology was starting to come in. And I remember we were using Lotus one, two, three, and we used to have to send in our weekly paperwork and you, know, you sent it in a mail package. Then it evolved to the fax machine and you faxed your weekly. In. And I remember 1996, I guess it would have been the first time we pushed a button to transmit a report via the internet. And there was a lot of the same angst if you will, of getting comfortable with something new. And that's what all this is. And Brian, you and I've talked about this a hundred times, but the law of diffusion of innovation, 
And this is the same thing. There's going to be some early adopters to understand. And then there's going to be yeah. the last person who doesn't use a rotary phone anymore because they don't make it anymore. And so I think there will have to be, this isn't going to stop the evolution of technology and integration in the RV industry. So it's, it's just going to be how everybody comes along and what sticks. And in five years from now, we're going to be sitting here talking about how Marat has number one or two or V segment or something like that, because it's coming. You just got to get on board you know, to the technology and figure well, out where this is the thing, right? I think that this is where, and I'm going to just do it, right? I think this is where AI is going to help a lot of people understand these things. What's AI? I've never, I've never heard of AI. That's, I'll explain it in another show. We'll just assume. Uh, ask the about. vice president and she'll tell uh, you what it is. <laughs> so just plenty of time. If you can build, and, and this is another larger conversation, right? Before we get into AI for a second and how it can analyze data, we need to, I think there's also needs to be a conversation briefly about how there's a difference between private and public data. And I don't think that there's a level of knowledge on a private small mom and pop or even some of the big business, bigger business, right? Of how much data is on their website and on Google and on book outdoors and camps from marketplace and everywhere else that can be used to analyze your business without you disclosing your financial records either. And so there, I think there used to be also a conversation briefly about what is already public that tools can scrape and analyze and competitive analysis you without you even disclosing anything to a star report or a camp spot or whatever else. Oh, there is so much coming up with AI in the legal world. I was asked to comment on a conversation with some intellectual property attorneys out of Atlanta where it used to be we would screen scrape information, right? And, so, and then that became a no, no, you can't really do that. Now with AI, they're trying to define if an AI bot is going out and gathering information, but they're not attributing it to who they got it from, is that illegal? If an AI bot is going out gathering information and then pulling in or using data from other websites to recreate a, a new website, is that illegal? One of the big park brands right now, all of their data is being pulled into a website. Their logo is all over the place. and they're not, they weren't even aware they were being used now, but it's just a bot doing it. It's not a person. So that can they lose it? And none of that's been. No, and I don't think, obviously, I don't think we're going to solve it on this call. Right. But I think that's a legal minefield. Did we lose your audio, Sandy, or is it me? She's being rescued. I think that's a very interesting conversation, but I don't think, again, we're going to solve that. Or to be honest, Congress is going to solve that in 10 years. Yeah. We still haven't solved Facebook. But I think the larger question is the, is going back to the analysis, right? There needs to be a way that people, regular, normal people who don't have a team of revenue management people or financial data analysis or people like that to dig into these numbers, to create reports as it always has traditionally been done. The way you get adoption is to make it easy for people to make it, them be able to ask the question they think is relevant and then maybe have an AI or a chatbot tell you, maybe you should consider this, or maybe this isn't relevant, or maybe you're asking the wrong question, or here's some data that you may not have uncovered. And so this is where we want to take it from a public, like we don't want to ever, we're not intending on ever competing with a star report or a camp spot, right? But from a public standpoint, we can build a bot today that, and we just need the time and bandwidth, right? that incorporates, for example, your data. Let's start with your own in internal data on your analytics and data that you could theoretically export from your own camp spot and from everywhere else you have data metrics from. 
And we could put that all into a custom privately trained chatbot that you can ask questions for and say, compare my year over year Google Analytics. It'll give you an answer. Mm -hmm. So that stuff is super powerful. But then look at it from a, now I want to take all a separate bot and I want to take all my competitors' data that's publicly available. So I want to scrape their website. Scraping's not illegal. Right. Not being ethical, but it's not illegal. So if you want to scrape their pricing information and their amenities and all that and train your top five competitors into a chat bot and then be able to ask questions about your competition, their reviews and their social media and what they posted last week and what their strategy is and whether to follow account, that's super valuable too. And so I think it's just a question of people need to be able to ask where their comfort level is right now and have something be able to answer in language that they understand without yeah. digging through a hundred reports. Yeah. That's and, really and I, I think you finally made me a believer, Brian, because I've been bucking you on the whole AI thing for a while, but having done a deep dive on a particular project, now I think I'm on the bandwagon and my new focus is I want the RV industry to be the first to capitalize on all this instead of the last. So why do you think I'm everything I am? Everybody else. Yeah, we are. Like, I, I'm stunned, and I don't know why. Marriott and Hilton and have, I don't understand, other than bureaucracy, why these hotel chains do not have chatbots for every single hotel. Right? It makes well, sense. That's exactly why. Like, it's, yeah. But I expected them to be fast movers. But that's why I'm here. That's why I'm trying to push it, because we should be first, and we can do it right. But it's going to take entrepreneurs outside of the big guys to do it right and then work with those to get them to embrace it because they're never going to put themselves online because of liability and many other reasons again because they're inside a big bureaucracy and be able to accomplish this now brian if you're able to figure out an ai revenue management system that works with camp spa and our accords and it meant that I didn't have to be the one to go look at seven reports and ask the questions. And instead the AI could prompt me and say, oh, hey, Mike, did you see that you're not accepting revenue from September to December next year? Did you close out or not open your inventory? And, or, hey, Mike, did you notice that you're, you sold six of your eight cabins and they've sold in the last week? It's a hot day. Take a look at your rates. If you could get something like that for me, where I didn't have to hire an analyst, somebody could prompt me with an AI. That's yeah. significant. So that's, so that's already a project like that, Mike. We'll take it offline. <laughs> but that's, so we are going to do that. The answer is right now, the difference is it can be used for data analyst analysis if you can ask the question. Right now, it's not quite to the point where it can prompt you with that. Not full AI, not the way you're talking about. Yes, you can use like some automations and do something similar to that, but not the way AI will truly be able to do it in maybe a year. That's where the blend of AI and then the existing business intelligence tools that's pulling that AI and then looking and clamping on BI works so well. Yeah, it's just an alert system. So anyway, but yeah, that's, that's, these are all things that are coming and they just, as more and more people get familiar with them and they can understand them. That's the key. Like the technology is going to go so fast, but if you can understand it by just talking to it, which is why ChatGPT was so popular, and it, because there's no learning curve. Everybody else had a text already. Everybody else had to go to Facebook Messenger already. They're all in WhatsApp. There's no learning curve. Now you can make it better by learning it, certainly, right? Way better, but there's still no learning curve for. So whatever your level's at, it works with. And that's how it work, has to work with reports. 
So you can send out a chatbot to every stakeholder in your business. And then the guy who understands all the data, like Mike, can ask a more robust question. And the person at the top, who's just the investor who knows enough about finances, but maybe not about Google Analytics, can ask what data is relevant to me this month. And it will tell him. So we just solved all the world's problems. And I do think that is why in the interim, and while we still do have some small mom and pop type parks, the role of a good management company is so important because most of these small mom and pops, their job is focused on managing that park and running their park. And they don't have the time or energy to really do the kind of analytics that the larger companies do. But if they can depend on the right kind of a management company who's, who's going to come back and give them this information, and run those, run that AI for them and look for that data, that's where I think the real value can come in. Thoughts, management company, Mike? And when I say management company, I'm talking about a data analytics management, not like a sending a man part manager in. Oh, fine, Sandy, then I'll take it back. I won't ask Mike. <laughs> but no, you're right. There's all, and all that again is whether it's a management company for your whole RV park, like Mike does a CRR Hospitality, or whether it's somebody doing data analysis. Thank you, Christine. I'm sorry I didn't get you more involved this week. No, we're in last week. I, last month, I talked a lot, so. I know normally we go down the liability hole. Why else? You guys think. See ya. Thanks. Bye, Christine. So yeah, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. But whether it's, where were we going? What was I talking about? Park management or revenue oh, analytics. Or, or, or to hire a person. Whether that's analysis from a management company or a marketing company or a accounting company or a law firm, or they all have to eventually prove that worth to you. Is it worth what I'm paying the lawyer, the accountant, the marketing company, the RV park management company, whatever, for the service they provide? And so it's still going to be an uphill climb until you can figure out how to explain to that person who obviously clearly doesn't know enough to do their own marketing or do their own accounting or do their own, right? How do you explain it in language they are able to understand and see the ROI of? And that again is way, made way easier with AI. And all of those things are really different skill sets. And most parks don't need somebody full-time doing that one Correct. skill set. So the economy of scale that the people that really specialize in those things can deliver up to the parks, to me, most of the time does have value. That's why I, the parks I work with, I tell them all the time. You're not a marketing groomery. Why are you trying to be one? I agree with you, but that you have to convince them. You don't have to convince me or Mike or Sandy. You have to well, convince I, the book owner that, yes, uh, uh, it's good, but why? help me understand why giving away X percentage of my revenue is a good thing. Yeah. Because you're getting well, double that back, maybe. But how? I think it's happening, but I'm one person out there working on grants to help them, to tell them this is what you need to do. So. I do think I'm making a small dip, but I'm definitely not overtaking the industry yet. We don't need to. But with AI, I might. We need a bunch of people who are making the small bends though, right? CR Hospitality pushing people forward, Insider Perks, Sandy Ellickson's company, whatever that is. You need a fancy name, Sandy. It's tampering my efforts to. <laughs> but let's ask the magic eight ball. Will Sandy take over the world tomorrow? Definitely, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. People talks. How much extra did you pay for that? Oh, I got the original one. You know, we can do the shake or it's much easier without having to wait for the stupid triangle. Is Sandy the most amazing person we've ever met? Me later. 
That's is, there actually, is there bad answers in there or is it a fixed date? Oh, no, there, there aren't. Does Brian ever stop talking about AI? I have no idea. Yeah, it's good of a no. So yeah. I don't know how prophetic it is. I might return it if I were you. <laughs> All right. What else we got to talk about to wrap up this conversation about data? Like we're good. That's, that's, that was a healthy conversation. Yeah. I, mean, I, think I was excited to hear your review of some of the, it's one thing to get the marketing email, right? About what people are doing, but hear somebody else's opinion about having tested it and, and all that is very valuable. So thanks for your input I, today, Mike. Yeah. Ironically, I had a partner meeting on the same day these reports came out. So I was like, I mean, <laughs> let's see what they, see what they say. <laughs> yeah, no, my, I, I geek out on this stuff as much as Brian geeks out on AI. I love data. And so happy to help we'll for anybody out in the audience. If you want to ask questions, shoot me an email or reach out. I'm happy to help, help anybody. Yeah, who wants I think to that's the same for everybody here. Right. And certainly for Casey and everybody yeah, else, but yeah, let's, I'm interested in building that bot. Mike, if, Mike, if you want to see if data analysis works, we'll build it for you. Look at call with me. Eh? We'll try it out. We'll try it out. I think it'd be interesting to see how much it can really discern and how much level of, can it handle five years worth of data type thing. From all different kinds yeah, of sources. Yeah, and not only that, it's like the intricacies of looking at the data and seeing the trigger points and seeing what the anomalies are and what doesn't look right. And it'll be interesting to use that human. I know the hotel industries, they've rolled out numerous revenue management systems that have that intelligence. It isn't necessarily AI, yeah. but Hilton and Marriott both have their own systems that make predictive and the automatic that make changes for you based on history, same time last year, predict holidays, et cetera, et cetera. But this might be a little bit different than that. So. We'll see. We'll see what comes of it. Worst case scenario, we have fun looking at data. That's right. That's right. All right. Sweet. That's all I got today. I think it was, again, a really healthy discussion. I'm excited to see where these startup boards go. I think it would be interesting, again, like you said, if we could figure it out a, a way to subscribe it and open it up to everybody else besides just CampSpot. I don't know that if I was in charge of CampSpot, I would make that decision. I feel like I would be against that probably, but I don't know. Just from a business perspective, I don't know. I'm sure it's a 50-50 split and I'm not saying I know anything because I definitely don't, but uh, it's an interesting dynamic and a push and pull as far as like, we want to help the industry, which is obviously why we're doing it. We want to help our park owners, which is obviously why we're doing it. Where's that split? I don't know. Casey I don't left the call. When we were, we did a full evaluation of all the different revenue management systems or PMS, as I should say, excuse me. A few years ago and Casey's sales pitch to me was, you have to go with camp spot because we're going to make you more revenue. And Brad, you work with me long enough to know, what do you think my answer was back? Prove it. <laughs> and we had several discussions around that. And I think this is another way to make properties revenue. And so to your point, they'll have to come to an understanding of, is it a, a market industry where they, people can choose to get it. The only way to get it is if you're camp spot or what I think will end up happening is there will be enough of a market demand where they might be able to pioneer something where they can still have something proprietary, but maybe a subscription based it's revenue generation, but it's also industry leading and might become separate. You never know. Well, I think some of this business intelligence stuff is something that all, many of them are working on because of something that happened earlier this year, it pushed them into it. So at all the shows this season, we'll see all of them having their own flavor of the business analysis yeah. tool, which is great for everybody. Again, I know I sound like a broken record, but 
I still believe there has to be one unifying company that can pull all that together, right? So that we get the full picture, not the partial picture. Because even though we get to see KOA's reports every year and they're gracious to, to share the, all that data with us, it's their list. Same thing with Casey. It's his list. If we can That's aggregate the problem. There's it There's no all organization up, right that now that functions. really the best option. There's no organization now that functions in that role in our industry, though. There really isn't. Not, not yet. But there not are yet. opportunities for that. And there are people that are agnostic who want to do that. And it, and we're close. We're 85% there to where we have, we will have the data, including all the federal state. We're 85% there to be able to do this kind of deep dive on the data. All right. Let's hope we get there. Anyway, we all have to go. I think yep. everybody has something important to do. I'm sure except for me. Yeah. Here guys, well, thank you for joining us another episode of MC Fireside Chats. We'll see you next week for our Galactic Focused episode. And I guess that's it. Take care. Bye. Have a great day. See you. For joining us for this episode of MC's Fireside Chats with your host, Brian Searle. Have a suggestion for a show idea? Want your campground or company in a future episode? Email us at hello at moderncampground.com. Get your daily dose of news from moderncampground.com. And be sure to join us next week for more insights into the fascinating world of outdoor hospitality. Thanks for watching this episode of MC Fireside Chats, hosted by Brian Searle and Kara Sismadia. Have a suggestion for a future show or want to see your campground or company as part of an episode? Email us at hello at moderncampground.com. Join us next week for another episode. And don't miss the latest outdoor hospitality news and commentary from around the world at moderncampground.com. 